Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. Welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 103. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. I want to tell you all that during the winter months, you're going to get more than just one episode per week. This is the time of year where college golf is on a break, the national amateur circuit is relatively quiet, and despite the President's Cup and the early season professional tournaments, things are a little bit calmer. So it's a great time for me to connect with amateurs, professionals, college players, college coaches. We're going to bank some episodes and get them out there as quickly as possible. Your support and feedback is most appreciated, so please continue to leave reviews in Apple Podcasts. If you have ideas or recommendations on someone that should be featured here at the Back of the Range, shoot me an email at ben at thebackoftherange.com. You know that we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All that information, every one of our previous episodes is available at thebackoftherange.com. We are bringing back free towel Tuesdays. Our logo towels have been popping up everywhere, and I like seeing that, so let's get some more of those towels out there. Every Tuesday on Instagram and Twitter, look for a post. You know the drill. Tag some friends. I don't need to go through this again. Just spread the word, and I'll hook you up with some free swag. So on to this week's guest, the All-American sophomore from the University of Georgia, Trent Phillips. Trent just came off his first collegiate victory at the Ka'anapali Classic in Hawaii to close out the fall season with the Bulldogs. It might be his first collegiate win, but Trent's resume is stacked, and he's just a sophomore in college. As a freshman, he was the SEC Freshman of the Year and named to the All-SEC First Team and Freshman All-SEC Team. He went undefeated in the 2017 Junior President's Cup. He's the youngest winner in the history of the Palmetto Amateur. Trent was invited to the Walker Cup practice session down here in South Florida in December of 2018. While he didn't make the final squad, rest assured the 2021 Walker Cup is definitely on his radar. I asked him about playing at Georgia with his older brother on the team, and of course, of course, I had to ask why he wears two gloves when he plays golf. Trent also follows us on Instagram, along with many of the best collegiate players in the country like Cole Hammer, Quaid Cummins, and Ricky Castillo. So very cool to finally get a chance to speak with Trent, and make sure you're paying attention to him and the other collegiate stars that stop by the back of the range. You're going to see all of them at the next level. So let's get started with episode 103. Trent, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Doing good. How you doing? I'm good, man. We've been trying to do it for a while, but, you know, I got a job and you got school and all these things to get in the way, but uh, it'd be great if, you know, I didn't have to work and you didn't have to go to class. We could just play golf and talk golf all day, but but, but, we, but we got it done. Um, coming off of a pretty impressive win, just to wrap up the fall season, um, tell me what the last week was like for you. You were at the Kaanapali tournament uh, in Hawaii. I know that the Sooners picked up the team win, but you picked up the individual win. Um, I mean, walk me through your last week. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was exciting. Um, I picked up my first college win. I'd been knocking on the door for quite some time, especially last year. I, I played really well. Just I just never broke through, you know. And um, I tried to just stay patient. You know, I played well the first couple of events this, uh, this fall, and I just I knew like my time was coming and I just had to just stay patient and keep my head down and just keep moving forward and and I um 
I get out there and I posted a good round first round. I knew the scores were going to be low. I mean, the wind wasn't blowing as bad as it did last year in this event. So, um, I knew the scores were going to be low and I knew I had to go out there and post something low. But when you do that, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to go low when you tell yourself you have to go low. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. I I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I just tried to like kind of let, kind of forget about that and just, and just go play the golf course for what it is. And, Put up 65, 64, and, and I had myself a two-shot lead going to the last day. And I'm sitting there telling myself, you know, you don't really want to put a number up to, like, what you need to shoot to win. But I'm sitting there thinking, you know, surely if I if I shoot five under today, like, just just a solid round, get to par five, shoot five under, that, that's going to be – that'll be tough to beat with, with someone having to shoot 64. Um, and, you know, we get out there and Quaid comes out with seven straight birdies, I believe. Uh, that guy's a maniac. Yeah, this is Quade Cummins. He's a senior at Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, so this is like a par 71, like what, like 67, 6,800 yards? Yeah, 6,800, something like that. Um, yeah, and he comes out blazing high. I think he's 800 par through nine holes. And then I get wind of that, and I'm like, well, man. like I, I got to go I'm work. Playing, I'm playing well. I'm like three or four under, and I'm, I'm getting my butt kicked. Like, I'm like, well, I better do something, you know. So um, I had – two par fives left i believe and i just knew with six holes left i had to get those par fives and pick up another birdie somewhere else and um the last hole i played was actually par five and i didn't know where i stood um and i get up there and i, and I actually make bird and i get done and they're like yeah you tied quite at 20 um Jeez. and i was like cool sweet like, i got my first college win because you know in college like they normally do not play off i don't, I don't yeah think. you do the co-medalist thing and you know, yeah you, get... you do the co-medalist thing and i get in and then I think I don't know who it was. I think some it might have been uh, Hibble, a youth coach, um, said, "Yeah, you guys are going to play it off." I was like, well, "Dang! Like here we go! Like here's another opportunity for me to for me to have a chance to win." And and we get out there, and it's a seven hole playoff, which is which is a lot of holes for a playoff. Okay, and, so let me just double check to make. Let me just reset a little bit. So you know, you finish. So Oklahoma wins the. Yeah. They win the team title. They actually had their lowest single day in program history i think they shot like 21 under par as a team yeah, on the they, final day they went yeah they went crazy and then so now you're tied with quake cummins now is it i'm assuming it's a sudden death playoff yes it is sudden death okay so you go seven hole sudden death and i know in the past you've had you know, you had a seven hole playoff for usm qualifier and you were on the wrong end of that so you're on the right end of this when you get through now now <laughs> yeah. i know this may be a really overly simple question i know there's probably a lot of factors mm-hmm. involved but you saw what he did in regulation so yeah. how do you go into a sudden death playoff are you thinking to yourself i gotta go really fast and really hard to kind of win this soon or are you saying let's just kind of play somewhat conservative not hand it over like do you think about that at all honestly i, I think to me, I was thinking I have to make birdie. Birdie's gonna win this playoff. Right. Somebody's gonna make a birdie, and that's how it's gonna be over. Um, so we started on 18, which is pretty like it's probably the most difficult hole on the golf course. We're playing into the wind. We were hitting sevens and eight irons in to a tucked right flag over water. So I mean, it's a really good a good hole. And and I'm sitting there thinking like the dude. I mean, he hasn't made a bogey in I don't know how many holes. So like I can't sit back and expect him to make a five. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm just I got to be aggressive. So I, I hit a hit a good shot and it just comes a little long and I happen to get up and down. So and he misses a 20 footer for Bird and we just and it just keeps on going. He was super clutch. He made a bunch of a 
bunch of short putts to keep it going from anywhere from five to ten feet. Wow. And um, yeah, it was crazy. It was one of the one of the best playoffs I've ever been in. And then the uh, the final hole, I happened to hit a pitching wedge in there to about ten feet. And I actually had this putt already because we'd already played this hole. Um, so I knew the read, and and I, I finally I finally got it done and, and dropped it. So it was a good feeling. Nice. What uh, what was the crowd like for the playoff? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming it's it's your team. It's yeah. Georgia. It's Georgia and Oklahoma. But um, yeah, um, what, who else was around? Uh, a bunch of the golf course staff and stuff. I think they all came out there, like the head guy over the tournament. Um, nice. And a bunch of photographers and stuff. So it was a pretty cool little deal. Um, it was definitely one of my cooler playoffs that I've been in for sure. Well, uh, you know, I had Quaid on uh, during the uh, Road to Hoylake last uh, or a few months ago, right before our Walker Cup. And, um, you know, I, I reached out to him recently, you know, congratulated him on the team win. And and I said, boy, you know, Oklahoma, I, they look pretty scary. But uh, I got to ask you, uh, speaking of scary, how how bad is Quaid Cummins' uh, facial hair? Is it is it terribly magnificent or is it just magnificently terrible? I mean, you can... You you own the title now. You could speak to it. Like, how bad is it? I think it's sick. I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I- it's fair. I think it's cool. I think so. That it was funny that you asked that. I, I saw him down there in the playoff, and like to kind of lighten the mood, I said, "Do you always like trim it into a goatee on like the final day or something like that?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah," because I because I had noticed that his he usually has a full beard when he gets to the tournament, and then at the end of the tournament, he's got like this little goatee patch. And I'm just like, do you always do that? And he's like, yeah, it's just kind of my tradition. Yeah. So that's funny you asked that. So he knows the cameras are going to be out on the final day, so he's got to clean it up for the – okay, all right, this is perfect. We're getting a little more information on Quaid. i got to ask him about that stuff. So, um, Well, that's awesome. Well, congrats on that. Um, I know that Thank that you. was a nice a nice finish to the fall season. How, how odd is it, by the way, in college golf where you almost have two separate seasons with two months kind of in between? I mean, how do you – you know, you're obviously, uh, you know, riding a nice big wave and now you got to shut it down. So what, yeah. what do you do in the winter? I mean, obviously you got, you know, we got the holidays and seeing family and you got classes and all that stuff, but like for mm-hmm. golf, you know, do you, do you try and play as much as you can or do you kind of force yourself to take a break? Like what, what do you, what do you try and do? You know, for me, this is kind of personalized to me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of cold weather, so I'm not a cold weather golfer. I can't, I'm not a huge fan of just getting out there and going and playing in 45 degree weather. That's just not me. Yeah. Um, it kind of takes a little bit of fun out of it for me. I mean, I love playing golf, but getting out there when it's 38 degrees, that's just, I don't, I don't find that I get any better doing that. So I pretty much just try to practice as much as I can. And, um, I tend to not play any tournaments for about a month or two. I kind of just kind of avoid that and, and just try to stay relaxed and just realize that we got a big spring coming up where some important tournaments. And, um, I just try to get my mind ready for that. Well, um, you know, that'll be a nice off season just to kind of reset and reboot. Um, you mentioned yeah. cold weather, you mentioned not being a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it either being a native South Floridian. So yeah, anything above, uh, I mean, I've played some cold weather, but, um, yeah, I, I try and avoid it also. So let's, let's backtrack just a hair. Um, Inman, South Carolina, born and raised, mm-hmm. um, so how does a guy that grows up in a town with a population of under 2,500 decide, I want to go to the University of Georgia where the student population is 37,000? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good question. So um, 
we grew up in this in this neighborhood called Woodfin Ridge, which is actually on a golf course. Um, just went to a standard, just public high school, um, and you know we had a bunch of a bunch of kids who grew up playing baseball together. Um, I forgot how little we were. We were really little, and uh, we moved to this golf course. And I met some buddies that that their dad was over there hitting balls, and my dad would go over and hit balls and stuff like that. And we, us kids, we were over there just kind of watching and kind of just hitting some little clubs. You know what it is, like yeah. as a little kid. And uh, we kind of just picked it up, and then it, the dad started putting down clubs and helping us. And then we kind of started playing a few holes each day, and then we we would start playing these little nine hole events. And then it finally turned into, well, man, like we're we all started to play competitively. So the kids I'm talking about, there's a kid at Clemson, uh, Jacob Bridgman, who actually grew up three minutes from me and there's a kid who also grew up a minute from me who plays golf at South Carolina. So, and then you obviously my brother. So yeah. all of us grew up playing together three and four holes a day. It's this little loop that loops around my house. Um, and it's kind of crazy that all four of us ended up getting D one scholarships when we just started playing golf together. Like, like it wasn't a, there wasn't other kids out there playing. It was just us, you know, and we kind of started kind of like a little wave around, around my neighborhood and in, in Bowling Springs, Inman area of kids loving to play golf, you know? So I think it's really cool that how it happened. Um, and like you said, yeah, it's not a big town and it's not a big, um, a big area. So for that to happen, it is pretty unique, I would say. Yeah. And then, and then also, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but you know, you and Bridgman end up on the 2017 president's cup together. I mean, I mean, exactly. I mean that's just like just two kids. And uh, yeah, so we're going to get to that. Um, all right, so but I can't let you off the hook. So how does Georgia fit into into, you know, how does Georgia fit into this when you grow up in South Carolina and you know you've you've won the Palmetto, you've done you know won all these mm-hmm. tournaments in, in South Carolina Junior Golf Association? I'm guessing you had no shortage of opportunities of where to go to school and where to play collegiate golf. So you mentioned your brother uh, Trevor, who is a couple years in front of you at Georgia, so he was already there. But, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that, you know, it, it wasn't just like, well, he's there, so I'm going there. You obviously had, had options and probably had other visits. What drew, oh, yeah. what drew, what drew you to Georgia? You know, I, I grew up playing high school golf with my brother. And um, everything I did when I, from when I was little, you know, I'm always doing stuff with my brother. So uh, right. uh, I'd always been around him. And I feel like to me, and it's funny you say that, you think, well, that's probably not the reason he went there, but that is a big reason I did go here. Okay. Um, was actually because I wanted to play golf with my brother. You know, like I thought it would be weird if I would go to a different school. And I, I'm just comfortable around my brothers. Like we're really close. So, um, yeah, I thought it would be strange for me to go somewhere else. And, you know, I really love the coaches. Coach Hack and Coach Doug are really good guys. And, and to me, I just felt like I fit in well here. And I like, and it's not too far from home. You know, I didn't want to go, um, very far off and get and get too far away from home sure. to where I could come home when I wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So, so I just thought it was a good fit for me and um, yeah. And I really liked it. So I just ended up here. What was maybe the, one of the first like culture shock moments or like, okay, I am not in a small town anymore. And now I kind of understand the magnitude and the size of this like, you know, first week of class or just. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. First, I'll never the first week of class. Um, 
I'd actually played the, I think it was USAM at Pebble. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, 2018. I played, I played at Pebble and I made it to the round of 32, I believe, and lost in extra holes. Um, and I remember, I remember getting done and thinking, man, I was so nervous. Like my whole life, like change has made me a little bit nervous, you know? Okay. Like just big change like that. Um, so I was so nervous to kind of get back because I had no clue where my classes were. Like I didn't know. Like this place is huge. Like you were, like you were hitting on. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is it? Thirty-five thousand kids. 37,000 30, student population. Student. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was just overwhelmed. So I get back. I really had no clue where to go, and I go to class, and it was just it was kind of a shocking moment to me because I. I went to a high school with 1,700 kids, and now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing 35, 3,700, 37,000. Yeah. I mean, that's just a lot. Um, and, yeah, it was very shell-shocking to me. How did you, like, who helped you, and how did you kind of get your arms around it? Uh, my brother. Um, my brother helped me a lot because he'd been here for two years, and that was kind of one of the reasons I wanted to go to school, my brother, you know, because he's been through some things that, that, that definitely could help me along the way and just, just help me. Um, kind of with some guidance on what I shouldn't and shouldn't do. So nice. I think he helped a lot. So let's talk a little bit about your brother. Um, you know, you know, had an ACL injury, so he he had a little bit of a rough go when he started Georgia. I know you guys won. You know, I know you guys won state high school championships together. Now you're mm-hmm. playing in the same college team, but I, I got to ask. You know, this may not be one of the most nerve wracking uh, two rounds of golf you've ever played, but I want to talk about that 2018. Uh, uh, U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach. So your bro- yeah. your brother qualifies um, at Jennings Mill, yeah, and that's like mid July, like July 16, 17, gets through, and <laughs> you're not at the same qualifier. You're at a qualifier the next week. So talk me through, like, okay, I'm so happy for my brother. He's going to Pebble Beach to the U.S. Amateur, and now I got to try and get a spot too. How do you approach a situation like that where, first of all, there's the USAM at Pebble Beach? That's that's yeah, in yeah, one I, cat- I mean, that's in one category. That's enough. But now yeah. it's like, okay, I know my brother's going. I'm sure my dad or my other brother or, I mean, family is now going. I got to get a ticket exactly. somehow. How do you exactly. approach that nightmare situation and actually get through? You know, I, I kind of went into it. Um, it's it's kind of funny. Me and my little brother just went down there and stayed by ourselves. I was 18 years old. And it was kind of kind of one of the first times I'd went and just stayed kind of like by myself, you know, I just took off from the house, stayed by myself, did everything on my own, um, at a golf tournament. So me and my brother, I think we, we got an Airbnb with some buddies from back home who were also playing the same qualifier. Um, and you know, we just went out there and, and like you said, my brother, my parents would probably end up going. So I was just sitting there thinking, let's make this family trip, go out to Pebble and have a good week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that Pebble's sweet. Um, in itself so I just went out there and um, I played I remember playing well I, the course it was a good golf course but there was there was definitely it was some quirk to it like it was a little bit quirky um, so it was definitely a little more difficult than I thought it would be to qualify because there were some really good players there if I remember correctly well Ogletree who ends up winning the, the USAM this past year he he qualified yeah. that, that spot yeah. too yeah exactly um so there were some good players there, and I don't remember what I actually finished or placed, um, but but that was definitely exciting to me when I when I qualified for that because um, 
I definitely wanted to be out there with my brother and my parents at Pebble. No, that's uh, that that had to be a pretty cool experience, and and it's funny you can't get away from William Mao because you go to play Junior Presidents Cup together, and then then he beats you in twenty holes at, at Pebble. Um, so I'm sure you'll be seeing him. And I played him in the uh, U.S. Junior right oh, before man. right before the uh, I played him in U.S. Junior at Baltus Roll before Pebble. So oh, okay. I, yeah, I could. Me and William have played a lot of golf together. You've seen enough. Of, you've seen enough of that guy for a while, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's 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 knock this question out. I, I I'm dreading to ask this one, but I feel that that if to, in order in order for this to be a sanctioned episode for for you, this has to be asked. You wear two golf gloves when you play, and I'm yeah. sure you've gotten this question many times in the past. So you're going to get it many times in the future. So let's try and have a little fun with this. What yeah. is what is the answer that is the truth of why and how you wear two gloves and maybe can we think of a fun answer that you've used to throw people off just be just have fun with it oh that'll be a tough one but i can't exa- i can't answer why i do wear them so um so growing up uh you know you don't really swing at a golf club that hard when you're little you know you you, you don't really you're not thinking of it, your hand slipping you're just starting to play golf and for me like I can't. I like to have full control of the golf club okay. and feel like feel like I can just grip the golf club and I don't have to worry about anything slipping. Like that's not an excuse. So for me, when I was at the ten year old World Championship, I think it was at Little River uh, Golf Club or Country Club. I was on the second hole in a practice round and I was playing with those the golf club grips that are really shiny and like spirally. Yeah, like that, like the glossy tour wrap. The glossy tour wrap. I was playing with those, and I can't remember if I was wearing. I think I was wearing no gloves at all. Wow! And I'll never forget it. I'm on the second hole. It's a par three uh, down the hill, and I hit this iron, and the iron flies out of my hands. It goes probably twenty or thirty yards, and I'm just like, I'm just like, I've had it because I, I had never thrown the club like that. Like just flew out of my hands like that. But I'd also had some times where my hand slipped. I'm like, ah, like my hand slipped, you know. Right. And this happens, and I'm like, never again will that happen. I tell, I kind of thought to myself, you know, I'm gonna wear two gloves. And you're ten. You're like ten years old at the time. I'm ten years old, and from ten years old on, eleven years old. I don't know when I actually switched, but I've never not worn two gloves in a golf round for about at least eight or nine years. So when you're starting this and you're going to the local golf shop with mom and dad to buy gloves or you're at the pro shop, I mean, <laughs> yeah. somebody has got to see like, kid, listen, this isn't Little League Baseball. Um, what, what's with the batting gloves? What are you doing? Um, I mean, someone's, <laughs> someone's got to be like, kid, what, 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 what are you doing? Yeah, um, I definitely had a lot of questions about it. Like, do you, like, do you really need that? And, you know, I, growing up, Obviously, you're not getting some cl- uh, stuff from equipment companies, yeah. and club companies, and stuff like that. So it's like, I mean, this stuff isn't cheap. You of know, course, yeah, club. right. Like mom, and, mom and dad cheap, are like, yeah, mom and dad are like, Trent, listen, your brother yeah, doesn't like do this. Yeah, like, you're gonna have to slow. Yeah, you're gonna have to slow down on the golf clubs. Yeah. Uh, so honestly, I can't remember how long like we may we might have bought golf clubs. Um, and and you know, I, you know, I really don't see that many people doing it. But it's funny that you say that. Um, I had the kids that we grew up with. I was actually the kid at Carolina. I think he might play with two gloves, which I think he, I don't know if he got it for me or just tried it and liked it. But 
I've seen more and more kids start doing it than you'd actually believe. Um, it's very, it's very rare, but I've seen, I've actually seen some occasions where like, wow, he's got on two gloves. Cause I, I have an eye for it, you know, cause I wear two gloves. Probably a unrealized benefit of this is you can put on rain gloves and have it not feel different. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, that I like. Um, Going from one glove to two rain gloves, you know, that's a weird deal to right. put on a glove. Put on two gloves if you don't ever wear two gloves, that, that's really weird. So, um, yeah, for me, when it's raining, that gl- the glove thing is not an issue for me. So that's one of the perks to it, I would say. Yeah. I don't know if I'm starting a wave or not, or what. But I mean, I mean, this is just a new, it's a new, it could be a new thing. So, I mean, I mean, Tiger with the mock neck shirts and Ricky wearing orange and, Someday, kids are gonna be wearing two gloves, just just like just like Trent Phillips. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, these things are gonna happen. Um, all right, let's talk about a couple things, uh, and then I'm sure there is uh, tons and tons of schoolwork that you're dying to get to. You don't want to talk golf all day. Um, <laughs> J- Junior Presidents Cup, um, huge. You know, this is the inaugural year that that there was the up in New Jersey, and a lot of these guys. Um, you know, like you said, your, your, your neighbor, you know, Bridgman's on the team and Cole Hammer and Barber and, and, uh, and Godwin and Akshay's on the team and all these juniors. So you get the call for this. Um, what were your thoughts going into it? And maybe what was one of the takeaways you had from it representing the U.S. for the first time? Uh, going into it, you know, we, you know how the AJGA ranking system, sure. like they rank all the players. And, I, you know, I think I was pretty easily set on the team. I can't remember correctly, but. I don't think I was like one of the, the bubble guys where you don't know if you're going to make it or not, or you got to play a certain way to get in. Um, so I was super excited when I first found out that they were having it. I couldn't wait to do it, you know, because it's it's in New Jersey, up near the Statue of Liberty, going to the actual President's Cup. When I heard all that, like it was super exciting, and um, and we had a strong team, so I couldn't wait to, to get up there and do it. Um, and you know that was my first time and his first experience playing for USA. And it really was like a different feel than, than anything that you ever, that you'd ever do. It's just, it's different playing for your country and representing your country. And uh, yeah, it was one of, it was one of the more fun weeks I've had on the golf course. Now the, the interesting thing is you have your, your kind of the honorary captain of Jack Nicholas and then the, the captain David Toms, mm-hmm. um, you know, those names, I mean, I'm, I'm, twice your age so i i know a little bit more about you know guys playing in the 70s 80s and 90s and things like that um were there any guys on your team that maybe didn't know some of the president's cup players or the captains or some of the dignitaries i'm just curious how tied in the juniors on this team were to some of the older um you know dignitaries that were around um you know uh, growing up playing golf you kind of see stuff here and there about things that happened in the past. And so I'm pretty sure everybody knew um, all the people that were up there. I mean, even, even from the international side, you know, like most people that play golf are, are really knowledgeable about golf. And sure. um, so I'm pretty sure everybody knew about it. And, you know, you mentioned David Toms, David Toms was, is such a cool dude. I, I love being around him. He was, I looked up to him all week and, and he was really nice, and I, I I don't think we could have had a better captain to be honest with you. He was really cool. So, um, if that ever comes around again, and David Thomas is the captain, you're definitely going to want to make the team because he's he's a 
pretty cool gig. Okay, so so let's let me have you elaborate on that a little bit because I think most people when they think of David Toms, they may think, okay, you know, solid PGA Tour player, you know, won mm-hmm. won the PGA Championship, but and you know played on some teams, but maybe doesn't jump out when you think of like, okay, that guy's in line for you know a, a Ryder Cup or a Presidents Cup captaincy. What were maybe mm-hmm. some of the things he did? Because a lot of you guys are super young. You, a lot of you guys, it's your first time doing anything like this. Um, what did he do to, to help you guys succeed? Yeah, he was he was just very comforting. You know, like when you're out there and he's around, you just felt comfortable and um, very encouraging. And he'd also like to get fired up, too. So like that was, <laughs> oh, to yeah. me, that was cool because you know how David Tom, he's very relaxed, very calm. You see his golf swing, very slow. He's a very calm guy, I would say. Um and he and he was getting fired up out there, so I just think it was it was really cool to see that and um, and to be around him was special. So that that was your experience representing the United States, and I know you're at the Walker Cup practice sessions in December of 2018 down here in South Florida. Um, you know, wasn't weren't a part of the final roster, but I can't imagine a better environment for you to gauge where you are in the amateur ranks, the collegiate ranks. I mean, it's an honor to be invited to the practice sessions, Mm -hmm. but when you, I mean, you're there with, you know, you're there with Wolf, you're there with uh, hammer, you're there with like Parziali and Hagestad and all these guys, how comfortable was that experience being in that session? And I know you're angling to try and make the team in 2021. (laughs) What, um, what was your takeaway? Maybe not just from the practice sessions, but, also, your summer leading up to trying to make the team, like what are you going to bring with you moving forward to try and make the team in 2021? Yeah, so with the Walker Cup, I'm pretty sure like the USAM and stuff is uh, and those big amateur tournaments in the summer are, are some big things that they look at, you know, um, and how you, how you play. So um, leading up to, to that Walker Cup practice session that I went to, you know, I really didn't think anything of Walker Cup. Like I had no thoughts of walker cup you know i had a i had an okay summer i and i just lost round of 32 or i lost round of 16 uh to hammer and extra holes at the u.s junior i lost round of 32 extra holes at the at the um u.s amateur and so i really had no thoughts of it you know and i went out and i had a, a fall season where i shot 10 straight rounds in the 60s i don't think i finished outside the top five maybe or the top four or three, like maybe once I finished 11th um, for my first fall um, showing. And, and all of a sudden I get this call that I'm invited to the Walker cup practice session. And I was just like, wow, like that's cool. You know, like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, go play some um, golf in South Florida this winter. And yeah. That, I'm not going to, not going to complain about that. Um, so we went down there and yeah, it was a really fun experience. There's a lot of, there was a lot of good guys out there. Uh, I mean, Matt Wolf's now a PGA Tour winner, and what was it? Not even a year ago, we were playing at the Walker Cup practice session together. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Just it was very eye opening, and like you said, it was a, it was a good gauge to see where you're at um, in comparison to all these these great amateur players out there. So, um, it was very fun. Did you feel like okay, um, I got work to do, or? Now I'm I'm right here with these guys. It just depends who's going to have the better, you know, the better spring and summer leading in. I mean, when you walked away from it, we were like, man, that guy is just he's at a different level. Or was it like, nah, I'm right there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really see it like that. I played with a lot of good players in my in my days, and 
when you're out there, you're really just having a good time and hanging out and, and just getting used to each other. You know what I mean? Because most of the time, those a lot of those players end up on the actual team. Sure. Um, so it was really fun, and and it really wasn't like that. I, I think everybody was out there having a good time, just playing like alternate shot, best ball, and stuff like that. Um, and I, for most part, everybody that I played with, I was very impressed with. And I mean, if you're at the Walker Cup practice session, you're obviously a pretty good player. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, that, that's why. I so was everybody, invited, yeah, so. everybody's very good. Um, so yeah, it was it was uh, it was definitely a neat experience. Let me ask you a one. Let me ask you a couple of questions about Georgia, and then we're going to get you out of here. You know, a lot of history at the University of Georgia. You got you know Swafford and Brian Harmon and and Lee McCoy and you know Bubba Watson, all these different PGA Tour pros that were that were at Georgia, and then uh, and then you got a South Carolina guy like Kevin Kisner. I, mm-hmm. I know you see the names on the wall, um, but do you ha- do you get the connection with any of these guys that come back to school? Yeah, yeah. Um, so right now, not a whole lot of guys come back. So you have uh, Chris Kirk, who who hangs around a good bit yep. and practices with us, and and B Todd, who actually just won I know, the golf he, tournament. Just, he won the same day I won, which I is really neat. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and you know, every once in a while, I mean, most of the time I'm practicing with either B Todd or Kirk, or they're out there on the range doing their thing, and we'll go play nine or eighteen. So yeah, I mean we. When they're when they're here, when most of the people come back, like we kind of get together and go play and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, and it's and it's a good gauge to see because I mean, if you have guys with their PGA Tour cards and you're out there hanging with them, then that kind of gives you a boost of confidence, you know. Um, I would imagine just hanging out with them and just hitting balls and playing nine holes real quick. I'm I'm guessing that kind of narrows the gap a little bit to where sometime in the future, if you decide to turn professional you're not going to be looking at that as something that's unattainable because you do that, you do that all the time with your, with your buddies. Exactly. And it, you know, it's, um, I think it's good to, to, to hang around players like that or guys that have status and stuff like that, because when you do get to that position, you've already been there and you've already played with guys like that. So you shouldn't be, you really shouldn't be any more nervous than you, than you would be anytime, you know, yeah. it's just golf at the end of the day, it's just golf. You're teeing a ball up. It really shouldn't matter who you're playing with. And uh, I think that, like you said, it definitely narrows the gap and it definitely is going to help you out in the long run. When when you see PGA Tour players on TV, you know, they're wearing the their work uniform with their golf shirt with the all the sponsor logos and they're wearing long pants and, you know, they're at their job. Um, and, of course, they have to do their outings and they have to do the different things as far as being a professional. One of the things that the golfing public doesn't see is actually the practice and the work that they put in, you know, none of that is ever televised and yep. sure that, you know, they'll talk about being in the gym and, and they'll do things like that. But what are maybe some of the things you've seen from Brendan Todd or Chris Kirk or any other PG tour players with their, their practice routines or what a typical day in the off season or an off day looks like for them that maybe has filtered into your approach to, getting your game ready and getting yourself in the best position to succeed on the college level. And then perhaps someday on the professional level. Um, yeah, good question. One of the, one of the things I've picked up on is when guys like that come out and practice, um, they're very structured with their practice. You know, they don't, they don't do things that they aren't set out to do that day. They don't, most of the time they don't go have a little chipping game, um, or putting contest. You know, they, they have what they're going to do that day and they're, and they go do it, you know, they don't, they don't dilly dally around. Um, so yeah, it's very structured. 
I think I could use a little more of that, you know, in college, like you kind of stressed out with school and stuff. Yeah. So sometimes it's, it's, it's fun to get out there and just kind of go goof off and, and just have a life, you know, like, because it's at this point right now, it's not a job for me. I have school, I have golf, you know, I'm really just trying to have fun with it. So for them, I understand it. It's their job. You know, they got to, they got to get out there and they got to get back to their families and stuff like that. So they don't really have time to do that kind of stuff, which one day it'll probably be the same for me, hopefully. So, um, I'm definitely learning now of how I should probably do things. Final question. We'll get you out of here. You're at the university of Georgia. You just mentioned you're, you're going to school, you're having fun, you're having a life and, you know, just doing, doing college guy stuff. Um, if you weren't a student athlete, if you were just a student at the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. how would you spend your time? Where would you go? What would you do? What do you wish you had more time for? I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's it, you're doing exactly what you want to do. You're playing collegiate golf at the University of Georgia, but you know, if you had all the time in the world just to go to classes and be a just a regular college student, what would you think you'd be doing? Uh, well, I'd probably dedicate a little more time to my schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> You know, growing up in high school, I, I love making good grades, you know, and I still do, but I just don't have as much time to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would I would try to do as good as I can in school, and I would probably try to just make more and more friends, you know? I, I don't have time to do all that. You know, you have guys in fraternities who are normal students who they have, I mean, they have a bunch of friends and a bunch of guys they can hang out with at all times. Like, don't get me wrong, I have a bunch of friends, but... Right. I'm not living the full, full college experience of where, you know, you know, a hundred and some different guys that can hang out at any given time. You know what I mean? Like I have stuff that I have to do. Um, and with golf and everything and traveling, you're not here all the time. You don't get to experience these football games as much that are home and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's some few things, but I, I kind of like where I'm at. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're, you're, you're doing just fine. You're doing just fine probably going to edit this one out but how old is spencer ralston is he like 21 or does he like a 35 year old that looks 21 <laughs> he's 21 you're, so you're sure about that you don't think he's, yeah you don't think he's just like some mid-am that got his way back in and just figured you out know that. he definitely does look like a mid-am i can't lie that's right. funny right. I, that is a good one. <laughs> well uh Trent, this is a lot of fun. Glad we got the time to do this. Enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy the off season. I know you got a lot of things that you're looking to do this spring and beyond. So we'll definitely be following you and uh, enjoy the holidays. And uh, thanks for stopping by the back of the range. Yes, sir. I enjoyed it. And there you have it. Special thanks to Trent Phillips for joining us here this week at the back of the range. Best of luck to him and the Georgia Bulldogs in the spring. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of our previous episodes are available at thebackoftherange.com. First person to shoot me an email at ben at thebackoftherange.com gets a free towel. We'll see you again next week for another episode here at the Back of the Range.